0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the ninth episode of Goose Chasing. We're still doing it. We're not going anywhere. It's been a fun ride. Goose Chasing is brought to you by Tag & Brag Apparel. Actually, I got a uh, the item up right now is this beautiful hat on my head at the moment. It's the hat we actually hunt with. Um, switch that over from the hoodie that was previously up there if you are interested in one of these beautiful, flex-fit, olive green, super stealthy Tag & Brag hats, head on over to tagandbrag.co and pick yourself up one. There's only, uh, I think there's six, 15 of them on there, maybe 16 of them on there, and once they're gone, they're gone. So head on over there and pick one up. Goose chasing is also brought to you by Tag and Brag Land Management. There is better hunting in your future. Let's build it together, baby. And now is the time, Lord. Now is the time to do it. You want to get out in front of it. Put your plan together for for the fall. You know, even if it's not, even if it's not a crazy plan, even if not, you're not going hard with massive food plots and creating crazy bedding areas and doing all this stuff. Just don't bite off more than you can chew. Start small and uh, and work your way up. That's, that's what we did, and uh, I think that's just the way to go. It becomes an addiction. You start doing a couple projects on a yearly basis, and uh, you start seeing a little bit of results, and it drives you to want to do more. So... What do we got today? I am solo. Solo dolo. Dino is solo. Dave is down in Virginia doing some production work because that's our job. In the meantime, too, if anyone needs any production work, commercials, photos, video content, social media, video campaigns, we might be your guys. So check us out. You can also check us out, tagandbragg.co, where our apparel site is. Everything we do is on there, so head on over there and snoop around a little bit. Um, bear with me, as this is my first solo podcast, so there might be a couple hiccups, a few bumps in the roads, but that ain't that ain't no thing. That ain't no thing, Chicken wag. Man, what a beautiful April. So far, it is 70 degrees and sunny outside. A little windy today, but it has been dry and warm all week. We don't get that weather in April very often. It is making me antsy to get out there and start food plotting. Just Not even food plotting, just start doing work. I mean, it it makes me feel like I'm late. This weather makes me feel like I'm late but i have to remind myself that it's early april and normally we're not even doing a ton of work until middle of may so you got some time but you can't procrastinate too much cuz hell it'll sneak up on you but we have a lot in store for uh our camp cutlet projects this year we got new food plots going in we've got we've created some new bedding areas, we're changing things up, putting some new stands and new spots, trying a few new things. And um, we're going to focus a little bit more on the no-till planting, I'm hoping. And that's mainly because I'm, many times with Dave being in Tennessee and, you know, Uncle Jay's in Tennessee, dad's always, he's busy with his business. So a lot of times it's just me doing the work up there um and I'm trying to find times to do that as well cuz I got some work of my own but um trying to experiment a little bit more with the no-till planting cuz I think it allow us to be a little bit more efficient and uh you know time is money time is valuable so trying to be most efficient as we can and we're going to learn a few things along the way and guess what we're taking you along with us with Food Plot Chronicles. So that'll be starting here in the next couple of weeks. Throughout the summer, you can follow us on our journey of Food Plot Chronicles and our summer land management projects on our own farm. So we'll also be talking about these on the podcast throughout the summer. So stay in touch, stay tuned, because I think you'll learn a lot, and we always do too. We are not experts. We learn, we're self-taught, and we're continuing to Teach ourselves, <laughs> so it's a learning curve, but it's been a f- it's been a fun ride. And I'm like I said, this weather has me jacked to uh, to get some things going here. And I'm probably gonna start here this week. But the last couple of days, what have what has Dean been doing? What have I been doing? I've been well. I was at camp yesterday, and I was starting to shift a couple cameras around for turkey season. We're less than three weeks away now from chasing around the birds and we like to shift our cameras around mainly mainly to our food plots because that's where we get these birds strutting at. They like these openings. Um, a lot of our food plots we will put a little bit of a clover seed in the blend so that right now you got some clover coming up greening up the turkeys love that and in some of our spots where it was just turnips or the beans or corn it's mainly bare dirt and those turkeys love bugging in that dirt so we keep our cameras keep them moultrie edges on the food plots um so i was shifting them around to spots that we know where but or bucks my mind's always on the bucks putting those cameras in spots where uh the birds are always strutting and lo and behold they've been strutting i moved some cameras around yesterday and we've already gotten there were birds strutting this morning on several different ones there were birds strutting last night on a couple of cameras so it's getting us jacked up you know turkey hunting is uh it ain't the biggest thing in america but it is certainly fun to do in the springtime um It's one hell of a peaceful activity, getting out there, listening to the the woods wake up, hearing those thunderous roars of the turkey and uh, trying to, making attempts to call back to them, which I am personally not very good at, even though I do practice and every year you'd think I'd get better, which maybe I do, but I don't know if I do. You know, I do have my diaphragm calls in the truck, and um, I do a lot of driving back and forth from Ohio to New York, so you'd think I'd be one hell of a mouth caller, but I am not. I always look at that thing in the cup holder, and I'm listening to, I don't know, I got friggin' Morgan Wallen cranking in the background, or I'm listening to some other podcast, and I just stare at that thing in the cup holder, and... Sometimes it comes out for about two, three minutes at a time, and I realize that I'm not very good, and practicing is the way to get better. But I think the biggest thing is I don't know how to practice. I mean, I've watched videos, I will continue to watch videos, but a diaphragm call is in your mouth, and you can't get inside someone else's mouth. Well, I guess you can, but most of the people that are ter- teaching you to turkey call with a diaphragm call you know you don't want to be in their mouth and there ain't no camera showing you what's going on in that mouth that's like one of those things where gosh it's like it's like the two-finger whistle you know like the ball game whistle just some people can do it and some people can't it's like everyone can probably do it but you don't know how to learn it's not like riding a bike you know it's not like someone can like hold you and kind of guide you. Like guide the mouthpiece in your mouth, like let me let me move your tongue for you. Let me roll your tongue for you and show you where it's supposed to be. You can't do that. And so that's always been a it's always been a part of turkey hunting that's really pissed me off. But I got a, and we actually got a few more last year, a couple of, we got some nice slate calls. Um, I got a Lynch box call. It's always a go-to, and obviously it's tough. Self-filming. You got all this crap. Tripod, camera, decoys, gun. You're trying to be, not move because these things can see. You blink your eye from a country mile away. And then you got this box call. You're cranking on it with your hands, trying to, like, put it under my knee to camouflage the movement. It's worked. It's worked. But one of these days, I'm going to get better at mouth call. I have been working on it a little bit, but like I said, it's just so hard to know what to work on. But... Still haven't seen a ton of birds here in Ohio. I don't know what anyone else's uh, take is on that. I know the populations have been down. heard that from a bunch of different people. And um, I haven't seen any personal signs in my immediate area of that changing. I have seen some birds strutting around in the, uh, you know, a ways away from where I'm at here. A little more northeast than Ohio, maybe a little bit more south, but Man, I hope that can change. We need a good hatch. And uh maybe some predator control. But you know Turkey hunting is funny. I uh Dave and I chased birds for a couple of years. We 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 haven't been turkey hunting our whole lives. So our family was not big into it when we were growing up like we were deer hunting. Probably because you can't drive turkey and if you could have drove turkey, we'd probably, we would probably would have hunted them. But uh, you can't, and we never, my family growing up didn't know how to, so we just didn't do it. But over the last 10 years, Dave and I have gotten into it kind of, again, taught ourselves a little bit, a little help along the way. But we chased them for a few years. I sailed some arrows at some birds, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, but actually our first two birds we shot was Dave and I doubled up and, um, we really didn't even know how cool that was cause we didn't know a ton about Turkey hunting, but it was pretty damn cool. And actually he was, David was living in Tennessee at the time. Um, and he was up for mother's day, little mother's day at my grandparents' house. We actually had like brunch I think that mo- that late that morning or right around midday, you know, typical brunch time. Because there's a window of brunch, you know. It's like 10 a.m. Can you call 10 a.m.? Is that brunch? I don't know. Usually around noon, but up till 2 o'clock, is that still brunch? I don't know. But, man, brunch is always so good. That's another topic, but I love brunch. You just get a little bit of everything. I love that breakfast food but then you get a little bit of hints of the, like almost dinner, like not even lunch, some dinner in there. It's a good time. But we had brunch at my grandparents' house, which luckily enough was where we were hunting. And um, we only had one gun. We We were not trying to double up. We were trying to get a bird on the ground, our first bird on the ground. That was all we were trying to do. And we didn't really hear much that morning, and we did sat. The only thing we knew how to do was deer hunt turkey. Like, we knew where these birds would move in certain spots, and we would literally just try to get in their path. Like, turkeys don't have trails, obviously, but we always knew they didn't have any specific time they would, they would come through, but there's a ravine pinch behind my grandparents and they would, they would move through there. Usually it was maybe once in the morning and then in the afternoon they would go back because they would roost way off the, you know, hundreds of yards away where we, we w- weren't able to hunt. Um, and we, but we knew they were roosting back there because you could always hear them. So we had hadn't heard much and, um, At one point, this had to be 9 o'clock or so in the morning maybe, and I couldn't remember if it was Dave or me, but we just hit the box call for the hell of it, and we heard birds fire up way back, kind of where they roost, way back. And we were both like, oh, my God, we got an answer. Like, we were just pumped up when we got an answer. That was it. I mean, that's one of the coolest parts about turkey hunting is when you get birds just to answer your call. I don't know why it's so exhilarating, I mean, that's probably, that's that's one of the reasons why elk hunting is so crazy is just you're like immediately in the game, or at least you feel like you are when you get a response from a bird. And it's a bird. It's a bird. So you're like, if you're listening or you've never turkey hunted before, you're probably like, all right, who the F cares? But it's pretty damn cool. I mean, think about you it. You're, con- you're communicating with an animal. So we get this response call, a a few shot gobbles, if you will, from which sounded like multiple birds, which ended up being multiple birds. And they responded right away. And we, again, going back to it, this was early, even earlier in the days of not knowing how to call, and we still don't know how to really, but... We were so shocked. We were like, okay, we're not calling again. And this is actually a smart tactic to do, not like being an experienced turkey hunter. But we didn't really, this was kind of, I would say more of a lucky thing, if you will, at the time. But we were almost so horrified to call anymore because we didn't want to mess anything up. Like we didn't know, okay, what's the next vocal to make? What's the... What are the, what's the love language? What are the words that we need to tell the turkey? How do we do it? What are the tones? So what do you do when you don't know how to do it? You just don't, you just don't do it. And that's what we did, which ended up working perfectly. Because if you know turkeys, it doesn't matter if they're 400, 500 yards away. If they hear the call, if they hear the yelp, they, these damn birds, they know the, the square foot that that call came from. I don't know how, but they do. So we just shut up and waited. And it may have been five, ten minutes went by. We didn't hear a thing, and we were kind of like, well, what the hell do we do? And as soon as we were both thinking that and kind of asking each other what we do, these birds fire back up, and they have closed the distance in half. And we are, I mean, we're antsy. We're antsy. I got the gun. I got the gun. And they're, you know, they're closing the distance, so they're coming to us. So we're like, okay, freaking out again, like feeling like we have to call, but we don't know the language. We don't know what to do. Well, let's just stay silent. And it well, that's what we did. Stay silent again, and these birds fire up. And they're, I mean, they fired up just out of sight, and they are just coming in on a string. I don't know how these birds do it. But they had when they first gobbled, they had to be three hundred yards away, at least. And it, this is hard woods; it's not in a field, so it's not like we had we didn't have decoys out or anything like that. We just picked a big tree in the woods, a spot where we had hunted the first week of the season, and we were actually on the other side of the ravine, and we always saw them on the opposite side. Actually, we called a few in, and they would strut on the other side, and they would not cross the damn creek. So we're like, well, let's just go sit on like one of the first trees on the other side of the creek and see what happens. So that's what we did. And these things fire up just out of sight. And I'm freaking out. Like they're coming right into our lap. And like, how did we do this? And lo and behold, they show up forty yards and they're just walking, walking right ass. They're gonna come in front of us at like twelve yards, fifteen yards away. And they're not strutting because they're just looking right now. They haven't heard a peep since we called 10 minutes prior. And they were actually going to walk right past us because they didn't know where these hens were, which were us. We were the hens. And they just got into an opening. It was literally like deer hunting. They, they they walked through an opening. I think I made I make like a noise, like a pucker noise with my face. It was just literally like a, you know. I was just trying to make a noise like you would a deer crossing through a lane. You're trying to map. It was the turkey mat. I gave the turkeys a mat, but it was a because that's the turkey mat. And the first one stops, puckers his head up. I just crank this thing. He folds, flops over. The other bird runs out like 10 yards and stops, turns around. My bird's flopping around. This dirt bird turns turns around and runs right back to my bird and he just starts pouncing this thing. We've seen videos of this before, but never thought it would actually happen. And we weren't even thinking double at the time. Like again, we were just trying to get a bird on the ground. I was we were so fired up. I'm like, "Holy shit, we just killed the bird. This is freaking insane." And all hell breaks loose this bird's stomping my bird. And Dave, I wasn't even thinking like shoot the other bird or like let's and Dave is like yelling at me, "Give me the gun. Give me the gun." And I try to eject my shell. I got this we got this 12 gauge Browning goose gun. Literally it was a goose gun. The shell jams. I'm trying to eject the shell. Anyway, I just literally throw David the gun, didn't throw him the gun. I handed David the gun. It was basically a little toss. He kicks the tripod over. The camera falls over. I grab the camera. Somehow we trade. He's like jamming the stock on this thing, trying to eject the shell. It's jammed. Finally gets another shell in. This bird has no clue what's going on. The other bird. And I get the camera on him. This all happened in like five seconds. Dave cranks this thing. Both of them drop. And we are like, what the hell just happened? We have no idea what we're doing. And we just doubled up on two Ohio longbeards. I mean, incredible. We filmed it. It was nuts. It was nuts. Like most of the time you hear about doubles or you experience a double, you got two guns, you got two weapons, you know? And we Again, we weren't even thinking about that being a scenario. So <laughs> we did the old gun switch, and somehow it worked. You know, we were we had no blind. We were just up against these trees. This bird was so occupied with my bird flopping around that it didn't even care or see us shuffling around and me tossing the gun to Dave and him throwing me the camera. It was crazy. It was nuts. But anyway... Mother's Day, we knocked down our first two birds together, filmed. It was pretty nuts. It was wild, and that kind of got us hooked um, on turkey hunting from that point forward. Um, and uh, it was one one hell of a day. So we, we brought our birds up to the truck, changed, had one hell of a brunch, and we were on cloud nine. And uh, that was kind of how our turkey... That was how our turkey passions, you know, kind of kicked off on our first two birds in the same morning, a a daily double, and it was pretty nuts, but looking forward to chasing some birds around, you know, it's, it's not our first passion, but for that quick month of turkey hunting that happens, it goes by so fast. It is fun to get out there and chase those birds around and listen to the gobbles and Honestly, the cool thing, too, is with sunrise being so early at this time of year and and coming up here, it's getting earlier and earlier. But, you know, for the month of May, it's so early. You can get out there and turkey hunt, and even if you don't get anything, you can go get a, quote, unquote, hunt in, and you can be done by 7 o'clock. I mean, even 645 something, like, you can be done – in an hour. And it is so early. You got time to come back to camp or wherever you are. Even if you're trying to get a hunt in before work, you can come home, have a cup of coffee, take a deuce and, and go to work. I mean, it's, it's, that's, what's really cool about it is you can enjoy it and still have an entire day to, uh, to go be productive in your in your normal life. So, um, it's just it's a fun time and it goes by quick and it becomes addicting for that time. And then as soon as it's done, it's like, all right, we're, we're back in food plot mode and we kind of forget about the birds again. Um, it goes right back to the beloved whitetail. It is fun to just work the land and, and make wildlife flourish. That is, it's, it's, it's a good time, but uh, that was our first old turkey goose chase, the very first one. And um there'll be more to come. Hopefully we'll have a good season this year. There's some birds running around, so we're pumped about that. What else is going on, folks? We've got we've got NBA playoffs starting here. Does anybody NBA fans? I am. And uh the Cavs are in the playoffs, not in the play in this year, thank goodness. We locked up the 4 seed. And uh, I am I am pumped to watch a playoff series of NBA basketball with the Cleveland Cavaliers because we haven't done that until, what has it been, 2017 or whenever. Yeah. And, um, man, I'm excited about this ball club. Nobody's really given us a chance. I mean, I just looked yesterday. Vegas odds, I think, are plus... Forty two hundred, I think, for the Cavs to win the championship. You're gonna you're gonna give that team that little of a chance. I know we got some good ball clubs. I know I know there's some good basketball being played. I know the the Sixers are the I think are the scariest team um in the East. But and I know we got some good teams in the West. I know Durant's back. And he hasn't lost, I don't think, since he's been back. Um, the Warriors are getting healthy. They're obviously scary. But, you know, we got some all-stars on this squad. And you got Donovan Mitchell, first team at All-NBA. Dude's playing as, at least in the Eastern Conference, dude's playing as rear end-off. We got past all-stars and. Darius Garland, we got Evan Mobley, Jared Allen an all star. I mean, if you can't get excited about this ball club, I mean, they're saying, oh, if we win one series, you know, that'll be a successful season. I get it. I get it. We we lost in a playing game last year. But man, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I've I've got a little bit higher hopes for this team. Um, I think we've, I think they've got a gear, one extra gear that we may have not seen yet, and um, there's going to be some X factors here. Here's my X factor. It's, well, we, I got, I got two X factors for you. Obviously, the team's got to play well, but the X factor is Karis Levert. That's the number one X factor. Karis LeVert, if that dude can ball out, he's been balling out, and if he can play his defense and just knock down shots, he can create so well, that dude. He's tall and lanky, and it's, he's just hard to defend. He can get a shot off whenever he wants, really. He's so good at driving to the hoop and you know that little pull-up jumper, spin move, he can get a shot off whenever he wants, and when he's knocking it down, look out because on nights when Donovan Mitchell or Garland might not be playing well, which I don't think that's going to happen very often in this post season, he is going to carry the team. And uh, I think we're going to get solid play out of Jared Allen. Al- Evan Mobley has been playing on un- unbelievable basketball. And uh, I just, I think we're going to get alternating nights almost from Garland and Mitchell and i think we have a really promising squad i could be completely wrong but i like i like where we're at um my second x factor which we might not see much of and i don't know if it's and we should we should see more of it um but that's dan danny green um we got the c some vintage Danny Green the last couple games of the season, and he unfortunately didn't get the time that uh, everyone would have hoped he would have at the end of the season to get more more reps in. I think he um, – I know he's been coming off an injury from earlier – maybe it was last season earlier this season, and then kind of when he wanted to get in – Bickerstaff wanted to get him in the rotation. I think he had COVID, and a couple things kind of pushed him back. But you can see what the dude can do on the floor. I mean, he can still stroke threes, and we don't really have a guy that can do what he can do on the floor. And I just pray that if we need him, Bickerstaff is willing to put him in the game and let the dude go let him let him stroke let give him the green light give give danny green the green baby let him freaking hoist it chuck it up from the cheap seats let it roll baby i mean the dude shoots high percentage threes let him let it fly let it fly baby we got we have nothing to lose i don't think Nobody's given us a shot, like I said, plus 4,200. There's like eight teams that have higher odds to win the championship in front of us. Doesn't really make sense because I think we finished fourth or fifth in the NBA. And uh, let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's ball out. We got a home court advantage first round. Cleveland's going to be hyped Saturday night. I don't know what time it's at, 6 o'clock or something like that. I'm going to be... Watching. I'm gonna be watching. But that's how I am, folks. I like basketball. Man, one of the one of the crazier nights of of my life, probably for a lot of Clevelanders, is 2016 when we won our first NBA championship. Folks, I was down at the old uh Forward Nightclub and downtown cleveland you're not going to find me there very often maybe ever again um not saying it's a bad place that's just not my it's not my cup of tea but uh we're down there watching the game We've got the whole the whole family is down there and when we won when i say it was lit it was so lit it was insane there when we won Every, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just in forward alone. And I can't imagine what it was like in other bars and, you know, East 4th, West 6th, all these other bar streets in downtown Cleveland. I know it was the same scene, but unfortunately could only be in one spot, but not unfortunately, but. All hundreds of these people in forward, everybody's drink just got launched into the air. And it was, I think I had a GoPro run. I'm i am actually sure I, have, I had a GoPro running. And uh, I would love to actually go back and find the footage of that because it was insane. And, uh, you know, wherever you're from, whatever hometown, home city you're from, if you can experience a uh, a championship of any sport, and you're a sports fan, you know, God bless. It is something truly, truly special. Um, And I hope we get another one or two of those, you know, in my lifetime, whatever it is, tribe. Oh, sorry. I said tribe. Damn it. I I think I'll say the tribe for the rest of my life. I, whenever I ask anybody, if they're watching the tribe, that's what I say is the tribe. Like it's, it's, I got to get the guardians in my head. I know. I'm sorry, folks. It's been tribe for life for me but whether it's the guardians your cavaliers or the browns man i hope we get one and and the browns would be lit too it'd be crazy but there's just something special about the 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 basketball it's just the, the weather's nice you know you're outside it's just i think it's a different uh it's a little bit of a different feeling and um we did have an oppor- close opportunities with Well, the then Tribe, now Guardians, um, actually the same year, fall of 16, almost should have had a World Series, and that was just as crazy. I mean, Cleveland is electric. Cleveland is electric, and uh, even at that time, baseball in downtown Cleveland, I mean, the whole city is just rallied around. It's pretty incredible stuff, but. Let's goose chase another world championship in one of these three sports. It's a, it's one hell of a, uh, it's just one hell of an experience, folks. That's all I can really say. That's all I can really say. Um, but that's where I'll be Saturday. I'll be watching that game and, uh, hopefully we can, hopefully we can make a run at it. That's, that's what I'm going for. But, um, what else do we got? What else we got here on the Solo Dolo podcast? Man, this is crazy. Just talking with yourself. I don't have anybody to converse with. Uh, I feel like maybe Theo Vaughn or uh, Chris Delia. They do. I mean, I know they don't always go solo, but they've done it before. And uh, I like listening to it. I mean, I'm, I like listening to it. It's a, it's a fun thing. Those, those men do a nice job. But man, Theo Vaughn, what is the dude is hilarious. He's got some kind of humor. And um Yeah, the the solo podcasts are interesting because you just gotta keep on rolling with it. Um but man, he just went if if you guys get a chance, he uh he recently went turkey hunting um with a couple of guys from Barstool um and Michael Waddell. And, uh, he talks about that experience on one of his most recent podcasts. And it's, it is pretty funny cause you can just tell that he is not a hunter. Like he didn't grow up with that. Um, he didn't, uh, yeah, he just didn't, he didn't grow up hunting. He really, I don't think, I think this was his first experience hunting at all. Um, and it was so interesting to see his take on it. He, You know, he said, they they both said that there's a lot, they had a lot of exciting times with it, Um, you know, especially when the birds, when they had bird activity going on, but, you know, there was a lot of times where they said they were just bored Um, and, uh, you know, because there wasn't anything going on. And that does, you know, it's funny, there's so much of that time uh, when you're hunting everyone sees these videos and they watch TV and, you know, they hear the stories and it's like, if you've never done it before, sometimes you feel like maybe you got to go, like, if you're out there, you're immediately in the action. And that's definitely a misconception of the sport of hunting. Cause in the reality of it, a lot of times that we go out there, maybe nothing happens at all. Or if it does happen and you're out there for a couple hours, you know, the action might only be 10 minutes of it. Um, And I think that's that's one of the hardest things to even explain about hunting. But once you get that action, that's what drives you to come back for more and you realize that it's almost like uh it's almost like an investment you know you're you're not going to get it's it's not going to be all action all the time but the action is so good the action is so good that you just want to keep coming back for more and um and then you st- and then comes the storytelling later on and you know if it's your first experience hunting and you're trying to tell someone else someone else, you know, your family, your friends that haven't hunted as well, and you're all hyped up talking about the action. It's the same thing for them. They're hearing the action. They're hearing the hype of the story. And you were out there and spent maybe three, four hours out there to get that one particular moment, the moment of truth, if you will. And, um, once you feel that, you know, it's all, it's in some, it it may not be in some people's blood, but once you feel that, that unexplainable just rush of the encounter, whether it's a damn Turkey or a deer or going hardcore with the big, big game elk or whatever it is. When you get that action, it's either in your blood or it's not that it may have you hooked and you just like, you're like, I want to experience that again. That was crazy. And, um, It's the hardest thing because, you know, if you take someone new hunting and maybe you don't get to experience that on the first time and you try to, because if you don't, you know, someone might think it's boring or whatever. But I think the cool part, too, is you the, the times where you're not getting the action is. It sounds some, some, to some people it might sound dumb or whatever, but that's the like reflection time. I mean, how many times do you just get to go sit in the woods and just, just be, if that makes sense, just be like no phone. The nice thing about camp and where we hunt, you know, sometimes it's not nice, but a lot of times it's a blessing is you don't, we don't have service. So even if you have your phone, everybody's everybody's habit is to go to that, you know, when they get bored, let's go to your phone and figure out something to entertain myself with. And if you don't have service, you can't do that. And um it's pretty uh it's pretty damn cool to just just sit in the woods whether it's, you know, with your brother, dad, uncle, friend. Or it's by yourself. And just be. Feel the energy of the woods. There's other animals around. Birds, squirrels, whatever it is. Just experience the the uh, tranquility of being back in the woods. And no one knows you're there. Like... It's crazy. You know, you say, hey, if a tree falls back in the wood, it doesn't make a noise if no one's around. Well, well, hell yeah, it makes a noise. But that's you. That's you back there. Nobody knows you're there. You got to just soak it in. And honestly, for me, the times where you don't have the action and you're just being out there is uh, is when you have your yeah, it's just your I'm thankful for those times cuz it it kind of resets you, it brings you back to um just a a, a calm state. But you got to soak it in. You got to you got to be there. You got to let all that stressful crap and like daily work stuff and all the stressful stuff in your life. It's got to go away for a little bit. You just got to you got to just be back there. Be back in the woods, friggin' carve something in a tree, grab some dirt with your bare hands, friggin' shake the leaves up, break some branches, freaking grab a uh, grab a little handful of a nice clean stream and just dab that on your face a little bit. And tell me if that don't tell me if that don't just bring a whole new energy reset to your face, and then it just goes all the way down your body. I mean, I could be talking crazy, but there ain't nothing better than taking a nice cold handful of spring stream water and just crushing yourself in the face with it. Do it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll know what I'm talking about. But I guess going back to it, if you've never hunted before and you're listening to the podcast, don't put pressure on your if you want to try it, don't put pressure on yourself like, oh, I gotta go out there and shoot something. Just go out there. Like or go out there with somebody that is hunting. Just tag along. Experience the hunt before you actually get yourself into it. Baby steps. That's what Dave and I did. I know we were too young to even have an option to hold a weapon or just go out there and and harvest something ourselves. And I think that's one of the reasons why our passion's so high for it because for years we were just tagging along. We were weaponless out in the bush. And we were we were just with someone. Sometimes we weren't with someone. I mean, sometimes we were like 10 years old and driving deer and our family would be like, Hey, go walk. My dad would be like, yeah, go, go walk through that thicket over there and try and kick your pops a deer. And I'd be scared. I'm not going to lie. I'd be scared. I'd be like, what, where is the bear going to come from? Like, what am I walking myself into? And all these things are going through your head, but you're learning and it's an, it's a exhilarating, anxious, like exploration, if that makes sense. But yeah, going back to it, just get out there and experience it a little bit. You may be like, yeah, hey, the same for me. But the nice thing is if you're just nobody, I, I don't, who hates nature? Who hates it? Like kind of. Detach the actual shooting of an animal apart from it and just go just go out there and be and just go out there or or be with someone and experience it and not have to do it yourself. And you might get hooked. You might get hooked. You might not, but it's worth a try because it's, it's one hell of a good time. And it's something to, in, to do to enjoy with your friends, especially the people that also love it is uh, you'll love it even more when you do it with people that also love it. Man, it's getting me fired up to be back out there. We got three, less than three weeks, and we'll be getting in the bush with uh, to hunt for some turkey. And I'm hoping, we're trying to plan it all right now, um, but I'm hoping Dave and Uncle Jay will be able to come up from Tennessee to uh, kick off our New York turkey season and we usually have um cousin david cousin both cousin davids um up to camp my dad may have some some rocky people up there it, i don't know I'm, I'm hoping everyone can make it all happen and we can get a group together to turkey hunt because there's there's just when there's when there's an opportunity to get a turkey camp together it's It's so awesome because it's just, it's unpressured hunting. It's not all day. It's the weather's nice. You know, everyone's usually chasing birds and their stories, and then everyone collects back at camp, and you make yourself one hell of a breakfast. And uh, it's a great, great time to share the camaraderie of like-minded individuals. And I am stoked. I'm stoked for that. I just talked myself. just talk myself into being more stoked for it so keep following along with us because we'll have some turkey hunting in the near future and like I said in the next few uh in the next week or so I'm going to be starting to do some work here at camp and uh the projects will start but ladies and gentlemen it's been um it's been fun doing a little quick solo dolo podcast on my own um Next week will be number 10. Number 10 for Goose Chasing, and uh, hopefully we'll have a big story for you. If anyone has any questions, comments, something they want to hear us talk about for the 10th episode of Goose Chasing, please comment. Um, Comment on the podcast or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is, Um, get in touch with us and uh, let us know what you want to hear. Because we want to do a nice, big old, big old topic podcast for episode ten of Goose Chasing. Uh, Dave will be back with us, I do believe. It should be both of us on here, and uh, we'll we'll tackle some more goose chasing. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we can talk about one, if not actually probably two uh, calves. We'll be able to talk about two Cavs games by that time. So go Cavs, go Cleveland. The Guardians are rolling. They just kicked off. Well, we got smoked yesterday, um, but we got another one. Uh, New York is a good team playing New York right now. So one game one, lost game two. Got game three of the series coming up today. And, uh, yeah, we'll throw a few sports, sport talks in our episode 10 of Goose Chasing, and like I said, again, please comment and let us know what you want to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening today. It has been uh, it has been fun going Theo Vaughn style solo dolo podcasting with you. It's been real. Everybody enjoy their week. Crush it. Seize the day. And uh, we'll be back right here next week, next Wednesday on Goose Chasing, and, again, folks, head on over to tagandbrag.co and grab yourself one of these hats for turkey season. There ain't going to be a lot of them, so grab yours while they're there, and we'll see you right here next week on Goose Chasing. Love y'all.